Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. This was a dual track, right? So once you discovered who the victim was, then that, like you said earlier, that that kind of opened doors, right? Absolutely, it did. And so, you know, and and we'd, you know, obviously our hope was to completely solve this. Um, But these cases are really tough. They're, they're, these cold cases are really hard to, to close and, to, and to, to solve. So after she was identified, which we were really thankful for and, and like we talked about, so we turned our, our sights kind of back to the evidence. Okay, and, and, and certainly the background of Lena, her husband Edward, people would come forward and talked about concerns about Edward and things that he'd you know, said and done and the kind of person that he was. It definitely wasn't enough for us to call him a suspect, um, but it was certainly enough to make us look at him, right? So, and the more we learned, the more we're like, yeah, this is, this is the direction it was heading. But that's not enough to nearly call him a suspect or certainly not enough to close the case. Uh, and we could spend a lot of time going into all the details of, of, of that. But just suffice to say, there was, there was a lot of circumstantial things that pointed toward, toward Ed, her husband, Edward. So in looking at this evidence, and I was working here with uh, one of our analysts, uh, Kathy Mackey. She's an analyst with the Statewide Informational Analysis Center, uh, the, or the SIAC. It's a fusion center here in Utah, and it's part of the Department of Public Safety. Uh, and they're awesome. They do awesome work. Kathy is even more awesome. She's very passionate about these cold cases. In fact, she manages the cold, Utah's cold case database. Uh, and and she works tirelessly uh, for these cases. Uh, she's organized the cold case co- uh, uh, a review board where we, we, we collaborate with agencies all over, all over the state of Utah to try to solve cold cases. And Kathy's huge So in that regard. So she got looking and she knew someone named Francine Bardol. And Francine Bardol was a CSI uh, here in Utah. And she had had some really good success using what we call the, it's this evidence collection method called the MVAC, uh, and which, which is a, a way to collect evidence. And it's, it's, it's and uh, you know, I'm not, it basically uses, it uses a, a sterile solution uh, and, and it basically sucks things out of you know, in a, basically a vacuum process um, and, and, and it deposits that all of that on through a filter so it's it's a lot more comprehensive than your standard. Let's swab it with a, a, a buckle swab or a, you know basically a Q-tip. Um, something porous like a rope, as you can see, is very challenging with with standard um, process, uh, standard collection methods. So Kathy came to me and she said, "Well, there's Francine Bardol who who has amazing success with the MVAC system. She's using it for homicides. She's using it on gun cases. She's she's getting really good results getting DNA out." DNA off of, of of items of evidence that are typically historically difficult to collect with you know traditional methods. Um, I was not familiar with this, so thank thanks to Kathy who brought this to my attention. We we consulted with with Francine Bardol, um, who uh, 
was able to we, we worked again with you know with with MVAC and, and we were able to get uh, and we have to understand too so to, to outsource to other entities it's it takes funding and it takes money and but we had some help we had some good um, assistance there and ultimately we took this evidence uh, namely the rope we took her the rope and the plastic is what we took to 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 Francine and we had her perform her collection method using this machine this collection method MVAC and she did and she collected it and uh, it, it again it she has it deposits one of these any of these filters that can then be analyzed so the other side of that coin was now we'd collected it, but we had to have a lab that could analyze uh, that that DNA. Typically, in something like that, you're going to have a mixed sample of DNA. And uh, one of the challenges historically would be to, when you have mixed samples, we haven't always been able to separate those samples out with our software and technology. So if you had a mixed sample, like, you know, if you had one sample, you could, you know, work with multiple samples became challenging so I had to wait for a, a, a lab here in Utah Intermountain Forensics lab who was coming online who would have the ability to analyze this old degraded DNA and potentially mixtures right so we had to wait for them to come online which took which took some time to, for this lab to come online to we, we can utilize them because we, we, we did we knew we had what we had from from what Francine did with using MVAC we had to have a, and the lab to analyze it. The other option we had was was Edward Geddes had been passed, you know, passed away in 2001 and was cremated. So there's no DNA we could do a direct comparison. If if we had DNA from the rope or from this evidence, we couldn't analyze it or compare it to him because his DNA was effect, basically gone. So we looked at uh, family members, direct family members, sons, brothers, to collect and then get familial matches which we, we obtained a couple of samples uh, by their consent and we had it in our in our evidence between between Utah and Youngstown Ohio we collected that evidence and we kind of held on to it till this lab came online ultimately when the lab came online we did a comparison with the DNA from the rope to the family members the family members that were collected of Edward Geddes and we got a confirmation that was a, they were familial matches um, so this was you know this is the the direction that we needed it to go of course we still had one more family member that we had to not only exclude but um, uh, there's basically three people three men on the planet that 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 would effectively be a familiar match to Edward Geddes and we had to rule all three of them out the third uh, person family member would not consent we had to do a search warrant and even that was challenging tracking him down tracking it down um, and one thing the Intermountain Forensics Lab, they did give us the familial match to to uh, the two family members to the what's on the rope, but they also said, well, we have a mixed sample of at least two other. There's at least two male samples on this rope, and it, what they were using at the time, they didn't really have the ability to unmix those samples. So again, I consulted with with Francine Bardol, who's now with uh, Cold Case Solutions uh, here in uh, the Utah in the Salt Lake Valley. And she's utilizing a lab, uh, Pure Gold Forensics, um, in based in California, who'd had real good mm -hmm. success with these mixtures. So we consulted, and mind you, we had to still get approval, and and someone's got to pay for all this, right? Private labs, and and uh, 
my administration was awesome with with that it, it took it just takes time so we ended up getting that third and final sample from this family member with a search warrant that came here to, to SBI and then we t we sent everything all these that sample as well as the two previous samples to pure gold forensics and uh, they were awesome because they confirmed the familial matches with all three family members with over 99% accuracy or accuracy uh, rate so we knew we had we knew that the we knew the DNA was Edward Gettys. We knew that it's only only possible explanation, you know, a scientific explanation. So we knew we had uh, his match on the on the rope that bound Lena after death. So we knew we had that. The problem was we had another male's sample on that rope. This was a mixed sample, but Pure Gold Forensics was able to um, unmix that sample uh, effectively, and we were able to get two. CODIS eligible DNA profiles, which basically means to upload into CODIS, which is a national database for DNA, um, it has to meet certain requirements. It has to be of a certain quality, a certain you know. And I'm not the, I'm no scientist, but it, not every just because you have a DNA profile doesn't mean it's CODIS eligible. It's got to be good enough, right, and have to be accurate right. enough to, to upload. Well, both of these samples were uh, CODIS eligible, so. Pure Gold Forensics was able to uh, link up with uh, a department who had uh, 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 uploaded into CODIS for us, and we got a CODIS hit on the unknown male profile on the rope. So we knew the one profile was Edward Gettys, which and that his his uh, both DNA profiles were uploaded into CODIS. Uh, Gettys Edward Gettys. Uh, profile didn't hit to anything in CODIS, but the other profile did hit to a homicide in Montana from 2011. And the first we're like, "Wow, do we have a whole other victim?" Right? And there's, but who is this? Who's this other profile? We don't know. So I called the detective in Montana as we consulted and talked. Um, their victim up there, and by the way, we couldn't see any initially anything that would have connected our two victims, right? Um, but their victim up there was was tied up with rope and these unique knots so we as we talked we realized we both had utilized the same knot expert to analyze our knots of our rope and we thought well maybe maybe it's his DNA maybe he'd inadvertently accidentally contaminated the rope with his DNA because now our technology is so so sensitive that you know it doesn't take much to deposit DNA on on, on evidence so we're able mm -hmm. to determine that that yes in a pretty quick short order we were able to determine it was and rule him out so we knew that that second sample was the not expert which obviously had handled both of our ropes in both of our cases and had you know inadvertently contaminated our, our evidence which um, but it only left Edward Getty's DNA on that rope and given the totality of circumstances with what we knew everything leading up everything about Edward about all kinds of things that again we don't really have time to get into comparing that with this with this rope uh, the only the only person believed to be involved in Lena's death was Edward Geddes, and certainly, if he were alive today, we would we'd pursue charges of homicide against him. Um, but uh, but effectively, what what solved the second so the, the first part was like you talked about the identification of Lena, which was huge and amazing, and the the second part or the second prong, like you described, was this identification through the DNA. Um, so thanks to you know, Francine Bardot and her skill uh, of 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 
of what she does utilizing this this technology of the MVAC that that we needed as you can imagine something porous like rope or clothing can be difficult to swab but the MVAC's were very comprehensive it pulls everything out then when you combine that with the right forensic lab with the right software technology who has the ability to separate it out and deal with those results because if you don't have that right technology and not, not all labs have that you you're just going to get an inconclusive result but with with that expertise of, of pure gold as well uh, you know you, you can argue with the science that we got two codeless eligible profiles and are able to rule the one sample out as the you know the, the contamination basically exclusion there matching with over 99% certainty that the other sample was Edward Geddes from the family members so it just took a, a long time to get to that point so we were just very very uh, fortunate in a lot of ways to have these things come together for both prongs to, to effectively solve the case and there's just there's no other people but you know believed to be involved in, in her death other than, than Edward Geddes uh, congratulations, by the way. That's just fantastic, man. Thank you. I mean, yeah, they, these these kind of stories, again, with 230,000 cold case homicides out there, and, you know, if you include rapes and, and assaults and all those, it's got to be millions. Yeah. You know, there's just so many cold cases out there. It's just, it's, it's really, it's tragic and it's scary at the same time. So when, when we get a... When we get a win like this, yeah, and let's celebrate it. It's awesome, and, and you, you guys deserve a lot of credit. You know your uh, your persistence, and you know it's. I know you guys run into walls all the time, but you know you just either figure out a way through it, or around it, or go a different direction. And that's uh, the the sheer fact that you guys just never quit is just an, an inspiration to all of us. So, so, but you know, before we close up here. When, a couple of questions that I had that as you were talking and describing, you know, how you actually identified um, Mr. Geddes as the, as the killer. What, um, what were some of the walls that you guys ran into? Uh, with, with Edward? Yeah. Yeah. Sir. So now, wasn't like, for example, wasn't the rope tested before? It was. Yes, it had been tested uh, prior to... Well, two to three times. Well, the evidence in general, uh, I mean, and some of the evidence was here. Some of it was with Garfield County Sheriff. We were able to, you know, pull it all up here, and stuff had gone to the, the crime lab, uh, and so that had been tested previously back, I mean, 1998, and then more recently in recent years. You know, technology is always advancing and changing. So uh, it was tested. Some more of it was tested in 2012, I believe. And I had some more tested in like 2016-ish. So some of that evidence was tested three times, uh, in particular the items that she was, you know, wrapped or bound with, uh, with with no results. Um, it, uh, other than the only DNA was ever found was that of the victim. So, yes, I had been tested with kind of more conventional uh, um, process. Um, and, but, but the, the, the process that we, that we used, that's that's what got us there. It pulled everything, I guess it's everything, but it pulled you know what we needed out of that rope to get you know quite a quite a lot of, of DNA. And, and and I didn't mention too. So even before like when we got when he did the results from what from what was um, MVAC from the rope, 
we knew that they did an initial quant analysis, the lab did, before we did any comparisons to family members. They had, they knew, well, they had 117 nanograms of DNA on that rope. And just to give you an idea of how much that is, that, that's actually a lot of DNA to, to measure. I mean, you can get a full DNA profile off, well, one, DNA, off, uh, one nanogram, actually, I think even less, even half a nanogram. We had 117 nanograms, so it's, that's sig an, a significant amount of DNA from that rope. Um, and we knew that of that, 91% of it was male DNA. Not female, but male. So we knew we had something when we got that initial quant of the DNA. Um, but then again, it just takes process. Uh, what, what was that like when, uh, when they called you and told you about those quants? Oh, man, I was so excited. So excited. I was like, wow, we've, we've got something here. We've, we've got something here. And, and then, of course, the next hurdle was, okay, we have that, but we got to have something to compare it to, you know. And, and we'd hoped we'd get some kind of CODIS eligible profile to run. And, and ultimately, we did. We got the CODIS, we got the CODIS profiles uploaded, and we got the, the direct the familial matches to Edward Geddes. So uh, those are all obstacles, and you hit so many dead ends with these cases. You you hit so many dead ends, and it's frustrating. You're like, oh man, and you and as soon as you got to just be patient and wait. You're like, okay, till something else trickles in, or you get some little tip tidbit, you can go, okay, now let me jump on this, and you have to follow that till you either takes you somewhere or it dead ends right um so so ultimately that's what what got us there was was the dna and which is amazing with for a, a lot of people and their expertise that i'm i'm really thankful for that, that we have that technology and ability and there's people that are smart enough to do that stuff um to get us you know get us this answer yeah that's a yeah fantastic man so you know, one one last question. So, and, and this is more about you. Um, so, you said you've been in in law enforcement now twenty three years. Yeah. And so, kind of, what what initially inspired you to get into law enforcement? Well, you know, I think law enforcement one of those things where it's either for you or it's not. And even as a kid, a young kid, I was like, man, I just I don't know why I just always wanted to be a, a cop. It was. I mean, I'd watch TV shows. I'm like, I want to be a detective. You know, I want to be. That's what I want to do. If you feel you get to help people, you get to. It's just such a cool thing, and I, I don't know why. I think it's just either part of you or it's not. Um, but, and you're right. It's not an easy job. It's challenging. In today's climate, it's even harder. And and you know, cops out there. There's a lot of, you know, men and women that are that doing the law enforcement job, and it is a, it is a thankless job, and we don't do it for the money. You know, we do it. We have a passion for it. Um, kind of hard to explain, but but it's just I just felt like as a kid, I always just, that's where I wanted to go with it. You know, I just I, I wanted to to do that, and just it's just a it's it's a necessary job. It's it's rewarding and fulfilling, as well as challenging. Um, but yeah. I don't know what else I'd do if I didn't do this job. I don't know what else I'd do. You know, so. Well, you know, we've, to be honest, uh, I, I think I think the vast majority of society is grateful for you guys and and for the jobs that you do, and you know, especially, I I know as a business owner, I wouldn't be able to do my job if it wasn't for you guys doing your job, and 
that that's one of the things that I think a lot of people miss. You know, they think that if uh, you know, especially the the ones that are all like defunding the police and you know, not not to get this political by any means, but understanding that you know, if if nothing is happening, it's because that law enforcement is out there making sure that nothing happens, and yeah, you know, your very presence is is one of the reasons. You know, it's a deterrent. And like I said, it, it, there's no business that could function without the security that that society offers, and and security is provided because of law enforcement. And you know that again, that's one of those things that I that I point out every opportunity I can. I'm just like, hey, you know what? If you want to see what the wild wild west was like, then just let's just get get rid of cops because um, you know you will not only have to conduct business. But you'll also have to conduct your own security, and I don't think there's very many of us that that could do that very well. So, you know, it, it in in conjunction with what you were saying, you know, of, of why you why you initially got into into law enforcement, but you also kind of stated why you st- why you're still in it, and and it, it, it's that I, I imagine the moments like when you help solve this case and when you, you know, actually were able to close this case, actually those kind of moments are what enable you to continue going. If, or, you know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but what do you think? Uh, absolutely. You know, you know, we, we, we lose more than we win for sure with this job. Um, but the, the wins make it worth it when you get to help people and you get to see, that help people in their lives, uh, help a family, help a victim, help, you know, enact some kind of justice, you know, with perpetrators as well, some kind of a, some kind of accountability, uh, law and order is just a necessity in our country and in our world that there, there needs to be law and order. Uh, and it takes the, all of us to make the world go around, right? We all have our, our place and our purpose and we, we couldn't do without each other. Um, and like, we couldn't do without, with you, without you and, 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 and what you do as well. And so it takes all of us to make the world go around. And uh, it's just, and it is persistence and, and, and uh, patience. And despite, you know, the hard times, you know, the, the good times come too. And uh, yeah, there's a reason that I've stayed in the job because I love it. I love, I love the job and I love what it represents. Um, I'm a very patriotic person. I love this country. And I think we have to have our military first responders keeping and preserving freedoms and fighting for what's what's good and for what's right um and we all have a part to play you know as 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 american citizens and and members of our community to help each other to do what's right to to stand to step up and help when it's needed Um, and and again we couldn't do without each other so um, it makes it's what makes it's what makes uh things work and and makes you like okay i can get up today and do this today do it again you know there's there's you know, there's crazy stuff going on in the world, and there's certainly a lot of bad stuff. But I think we'd have to remember there's a, there's a, there's more good than bad. If you really focus on it, people there's a lot of good out there, a lot of good people, and most people want to do what's right and, and do and, and and do good things. And I think we have to remember that um, there's more good than bad, and we have to keep that perspective, keep our chin up. So yeah, well. I'd say that's a uh, perfect moment to end on right there, man. I, I uh, can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming on. You. And, um, 
Yeah, just keep up the great work because I know uh, that's you know the only thing we got to do is make get uh, SBI and and an MVAC of their own. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's that'd be a good thing to do. So. All right. Well, that's uh, that's your next task, I guess. Yep. Yep. All right, Brian. Thank you, thank you sir. Thank. You. And we will uh, hopefully uh, run into you again. Thanks, Jared. And we can. Um, I mean, you're just right down the street from us, man. We need to go do lunch. We should. We should do that. So hit me up anytime. But thanks for all your help and what you've done, and and I appreciate you having us on and kind of telling the story. It's it's worth telling, and if we can enlist the public's help in more cases, cold cases, more keeping an open mind to this stuff, we can solve more cases. We can keep solving these cases if if you know if we keep doing that kind of thing. So I, I thank you for getting the word out there and. Um, and doing good with, you know, doing good with what we're, what we're given. So, so thanks, Jared. Absolutely. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate it. Okay. Hey, is there, is there any kind of a website or any any place that you would recommend people go if they want to get involved? So yeah. So if you look up, you could just Google uh, uh, Utah Department of Public Safety. Uh, there is there's a cold case database that that you could link up to. Uh, it's through our uh, it's through our Bureau of Criminal Identification, so BCI. There's a website there uh, for our cold case database, our missing persons. Uh, a lot of states have something similar to it. Utah does have one. You could you could jump on there. Uh, there's you know, all the these cases are on there. You can you can link up with them and, and uh, um, so that would be a good starting point. So so the Utah Department of Public Safety um, and uh, you know, again, we have the SIAC here. We have Kathy Mackey, who is incredible. She's completely up to speed on all these all these cases. Um, she she's she's the go-to person for that stuff for sure. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.